Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of Lincoln's Musical Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody. Oh my goodness, we are just one short day away from New Year's Eve, which means we are two short days away from 2021. That is so crazy to even say out loud. Never thought we would see the end of what has been a truly chaotic year to say the least. Um, but we're almost there, y'all. I'm so glad you're all joining me. You should be getting this episode today. I try, I'm try. i trying to record and release so that, that way you'll have content to enjoy. And, um, you know, I really I really do hope you're having a good day. It's where I'm at. It's really rainy and cold and drizzy outside. Drizzy. That doesn't sound right. <laughs> uh, but it's really rainy and cloudy and cold. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of just chilling inside in my sweatpants, just chilling and trying, hoping, hoping to just get the rest of this crazy year. Um, but for right now, we have this fantastic episode for you all today. But before we go into that and kind of just in general what's going to be going on, um, I would want to go ahead and give y'all the little intro for anyone who's just joining us on this episode. Um, if you don't know, my name is Lincoln. I like to talk about musicals so much I started a podcast for them. I break down, review, dreamcast, and discuss musicals and just in general anything revolving musicals. If I'm if you have joined been here, you know when it's a movie musical, I'll bring my brother in who's a filmmaker. I'll bring in some special guests who either enjoy the musical like I do, or I've done the show with. Or, you know, basically anything like that. If it's involving musicals, I'm gonna talk about it. That's kind of the gist and the thing that we do around here. So, with that being said, let's get into this episode. I just wanted, before we go in, this will be kind of a special episode. But tomorrow, we're going to be doing a really special episode to honor the new year. I'm going to be kind of talking about not only, uh, I'll, I'll kind of talk go into that, but I'm also going to be talking kind of the future of the podcast and how it's we've kind of reached the almost the end of the year for the first year of it. Um, and, you know, we'll be celebrating. We'll be kind of talking about some new stuff. But before we go into that, we're going to talk about the episode of today. And this is kind of pretty much a clear-cut episode, a very interesting episode in the thing we're talking about. But we're talking about a musical today, so let's get into it. And the musical we're talking about today, I'm not going to beat around the bush too much. I mean, I'm, we're already going to be kind of getting some weird faces and some weird expressions. But today, from the title, you can tell we're going to be talking about SpongeBob SquarePants the Musical. And before you all click off, and before you don't watch this period, I, I probably already know that this, I, I probably want to put a special episode on it so I can drag some people in, um, because I feel like if I put the, the Spongebob title on here, I'm already going to lose some traffic. Um, but before you do, please hear me out. Please don't click off. I want you all to hear what I had to say on this musical, because believe it or not, I get it. I get it. It's a very weird musical. It's a very weird premise. It's very, very weird. You're probably going to be surprised to hear what I think about it, but that's what we're talking about today. I get it if you want to leave, but please do stick around. I know it's going to be a weird topic. I know it's probably not what you want, the musical you want to hear about. You're like, Lincoln, there are so many other musicals you can talk about. Um, Chicago, Into the Woods, all these other ones. And I'm going to get to them, but this is, if you don't know, I follow a musical playlist. 
and it's up on the queue and I do have feelings on it and I do want to talk about it and I do feel like it does need to be addressed. So I'm going to address it. I'm going to talk about it and we'll see what happens. To be honest, I, I, I really do feel we should talk about it and I know it's going to be not everyone's favorite episode. I'm not, I'm probably expecting it not to be the most popular episode, but I do wish, hope you will indulge me in this episode and hopefully we'll understand what I think about it and why I feel this way about it. But Without that, just with that disclaimer out of the way, let's jump into it, shall we? Um, so like I said, today we're talking about SpongeBob SquarePants the musical, and <clears throat> the story. I'm gonna give the plot first, and then I'm gonna give kind of the yearly and kind of my my history with it. We'll you know we'll do that. But basically, it's the story kind of premise of the TV show. It features around an eccentric always optimistic almost to a fault sponge who lives in an underwater town called Bikini Bottom um, with his friends such as Patrick the starfish, um, Sandy the squirrel, you have and his pet Gary. Basically you have the whole gang together and eventually one day what happens is the we discover that this town isn't at risk of being destroyed because um, you know, you, because there's a big volcano that's planned to erupt, and if it does erupt, it'll destroy the entire town with all the lava. Um, so SpongeBob, while initially, initially freaked out, decides he's going to get some friends together, he's going to try and save the world despite all the negativity, and he ultimately helps to show everybody that despite the world almost coming to an end, they can still make everything the best day ever. That's kind of the plot, it kind of shows him rescuing it, it does use a lot, for, it does have some references to the show, to the TV show, which is originally on Nickelodeon. I mean, everyone knows SpongeBob. Again, I kind of feel bad for always being like, you all know, like, everyone knows this. Everyone knows that. But, like, there are a few things that I think I can safely say um, everyone knows what SpongeBob is. So, you know, you kind of get that. Um, but that's kind of the, the, the premise of the musical. And so basically, it started previews in, in Chicago in 2016, it went to Broadway 2017, and actually 2019, um, it got a TV special really late in the year, really late in the year. Um, it got streamed onto Nickelodeon. I actually recorded it. It um, was pretty good. And, you know, they kind of did it in a commercial format. Um, it actually, I don't recall if it won any Tonys. I believe, I kind of want to just check before we go further in. Um, but it, oh, it got an outstanding, it won, it was, it, um, oh, this is out of Critics Award, I want to go check out the Tony, although it did win some drama desks, and it did win Outer Critics Awards, um, and, let's see, for Tony, it won Best, Best Scenic Design, which is very true for this, it's, it's straight up, like, it's straight out of the, um, the TV show almost, I, I really do recommend, um, you go on Nickelodeon, you can probably find it, but, again, I do agree, and it, um, was nominated for a Theater World Award, uh, one of the actors was, Ethan Slater was nominated, um, for a Theater World Award, but, all that to say, I digress, um, you know, I give you the plot, but now, we're gonna kinda go into the, 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 the real nitty gritty, of this entire story and kind of my experience with it, where it came into my life, also SpongeBob and kind of just everything. And then we'll go into the review of what I think about it. Because again, I know it's a weird musical. I know, I agree. So let's go into it. So as a little kid, this story starts when I was a little kid, because of course, I think a lot of these stories do. Um, but as a little kid, I kind of 
I watched a bunch of little, sh sh the typical shows that everyone watched. You know, I watched um, The Backyardigans. I watched, uh, um, what else? I watched Phineas and Ferb. You know, Disney Junior was also was a big channel for me. Um, you know, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. But the one show I was not allowed to watch as a kid was SpongeBob SquarePants. My mom was adamant. She refused. She actively said, no, you may not watch SpongeBob. And that's interesting. I used to watch Nick Jr. a lot and Disney Jr. a lot. And I didn't, and I, I sometimes watched, I didn't, I growing up, I didn't watch Nickelodeon a lot. I watched Nick Jr. I didn't watch, I didn't watch Nickelodeon. And, you know, so I kind of was like, okay. Um, my mom, and I asked my mom, well, why, why, you know, cause I started seeing, I went to daycare and I got like, I say older, but like, you know, I was getting like going into like my kindergarten, pre-K, things like that, you know? And I remember seeing a bunch of kids talk about it. They would sing the song. I knew from the song. I'd seen the theme song, but I never seen an episode. And I remember my, seeing my, my parent, my friends looking at, well, not my friends, like, the kids my age were into it, and I was like, okay, and I remember telling my mom, and saying, can I watch it, and she's like, no, and I said, why, she said, it's inappropriate, she doesn't like it, um, you know, and I was kind of like, okay, okay, I guess I won't, so, you know, I kind of grew up, I saw a few episodes, I saw the movie, I don't know when I saw the movie, I think I want to say 16, I was watching a lot of Nick when I was, like, 15 slash 16, so I, I may have seen it then, and then it kind of just exited my life. You know, I was growing up. I was a teenager. I had, I, I, if I wasn't doing schoolwork, I was just killing time. And it really wasn't with that. <laughs> um, you know, I had kind of gotten into more teen shows at that point. So I didn't, you know, Spongebob wasn't on my radar. And interestingly enough, this came up, the musical came into my life around the second semester of my ninth grade year, March or so. And I had actually just exited like a really, I think if you watch my Hunchback video episode, you'll know I was in a very emotionally iffy spot. I was in a very sad place. So again, I was exiting ninth, my, my, that winter semester, uh, kind of just in a, you know, I don't know what it was, but I remember the second semester of my freshman year got a lot better. I was a lot, in a lot more positive headspace. I was slowly transitioning into a more happier version of myself. Um, and you know, I kind of just. I, I, I thought, okay, this is cool. I'm beginning to feel happier. And then I discovered this musical. And I was like, what is this? And I was on the skeptic train as much as everybody else when... Well, I say everybody else. When I mentioned that there was a SpongeBob musical to my peers, I was like, do you see this? You see this? You see how ridiculous this is? What is this? What is this? And then I listened to the soundtrack. I listened to it during those because I'm like... Look, it's a musical. Chances are I either really like, knowing myself, I'll either really like it, like, or it'll be, like, just something to listen to. Um, it won't be anything, like, amazing, you know? It won't be that. And so I kind of listened to it during lunch. You know, I was just, I don't even know what I was doing. I think it was, like, maybe a, a Wednesday or a Friday. I think it was that Thursday or Friday when I first listened to it. And, um, <clears throat> and then something happened. And this kind of transitions into the review. I remember when I first listened to it, I was like, wow, this is actually good. And the thing is, um, I'll bring this up in the review, but it had amazing, a cre amazing creative team behind it. They had a bunch of amazing songwriters. Cindy Lauper, John Legend, Daryl Hall and John Oates, um, uh, Panic at the Disco, They Might Be Giants, um, just to Stephen Tyler of Aerosmith, just to name a few people, really. 
Um, and, you know, I was like, oh, wow, this is pretty, this is a great soundtrack. And the thing is, you have to remember, I didn't watch Spongebob avidly as a kid. I didn't listen to it. I didn't watch it. I didn't see the movie. I didn't see the TV show episodes. I didn't. So my real first dot, I kind of knew the, the characters. I knew a bit about kind of the humor. I knew about the humor. I knew about the characters. I knew the predominant characters. Um, you know, like Squidward, SpongeBob, Mr. Krabs, you know, Plankton, all those characters. I knew about them. And so, but I didn't really know kind of the vibe of it. So going into the musical, that I knew the characters, I knew of the kind of hu the humor, the, the vibe of the humor. I knew, so, so going in, that's what I knew. And so I go in, and after one listen, I promptly replayed the whole thing because I was like, wait, this is, this is good. I watched the promo, and like I said, the scenic design was great. It, like, it was like I was watching a SpongeBob episode, and again, I never watched one, but I kind of had seen it playing in the background, and again... The costumes were phenomenal. The cast looked great. The wigs and the makeup and the costumes looked beautiful. Um, and, you know, I kind of was like, okay, this is pretty cool. I, I, I do like this. I think it's interesting. And as with many musicals, if not all of them, I quickly became obsessed. Um, and, you know, you know, I kind of just immediately jumped in. And it was just, I, I gotta say, so now I'm gonna shift into the review, but I kind of, I really listened to it a lot as, in the, for the rest of my freshman semester. I, and Spongebob clearly became a dream role of mine. And, you know, it really, I felt resonated with that character. And um, same with Spongebob Squidward, the characters I resonated with the most when I first discovered it. And so, you know, the fi I checked, I was looking at the comments of the songs, and I was like, okay, this is a very warm and loving fan base. I actually added the musical not only to my musical playlist, but to my regular music playlist. Because sometimes I put, if, if a musical is good enough, I'll, I'll put songs from the musical onto my normal playlist. Um, and I did, and I, and I actually added one to my Halloween playlist because it was like a, a spooky song. And, you know, it became kind of cool. I liked it. I loved the music. I loved kind of, I just, it was a good time musical. It, and after having been in a really negative aesthetic, negative headspace in a really dark and gloomy, gritty aesthetic for kind of what had been eighth and ninth grade, kind of, the first semester at least, um... You know, having a really bright, chipper, love mute message musical that has a message about positivity, which we'll go into the review of, really helped me <clears throat> in my shifting into a more happier, more re genuine version of myself, which was beautiful. So I do attribute that musical to being part of my um, of that journey, and so it'll it, it's important to me for that reason. And so you know, time passed; it didn't. I, I found new musicals to, get, new musicals to get obsessed with. It still stayed in my brain. I still listened to it. But, and so the next big thing, the most recent big thing, like I said, they had a te televised version of it streamed. Back in 2019, Tom Kenny played the pirate who interacts with the audience in the show, um, which was cool. If you don't know Tom Kenny, I mean, he played SpongeBob. He voiced SpongeBob in the TV show. Um, and so, you know... I remember just being like, okay, that's cool. And um, that's kind of the most recent. Uh, if anything else, so now I'll go into the review while bringing this up. 
So when people found out that I liked this musical, namely my mom and my brother, they thought I was crazy. As did most of my classmates. Um, as, yeah, so I, you know, because again, it was Spongebob and I was a ninth grader and I was, you know, it, it, it didn't, because a, bu a bunch of my favorite shows, like one of my favorite shows, to give you the reference, I was into a, t a, a really dark Fox show called Gotham, which is about Batman, but I could go into that forever. But the thing is, so to go from that to having been into this and about it being a TV show that my family thought was just dumb and the idea that they were making a musical off of something like that was ridiculous to them. Um, you know, so they were automatically like, what the heck, Lincoln? What is this? And I... I, I and I, I will say I got it, and I'm like, no, but you're not. And I always, my defense was like, you're not getting. Just, just listen to it. Just listen to it. You're gonna, you're gonna fall in love with it like I did, and you know, um. And so the thing is, I still stand by that. On first, on surface, is it a story of SpongeBob? Yes. On does it have the characters? Does it have the comedy of it? Yes. But if you look deeper, and 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 it is really just. You could, and I get how it would be easy to shut it off as like commercial theater, turn your brain off, and I would understand your reasoning for it. But I genuinely believe there's a deeper meaning to it, deeper meaning to it than that. And it's the meaning that really helped me. It, it, it at, at, and I'm going to explain that meaning. So the guy, Ethan Slater, who plays SpongeBob originally, actually, um, Excuse me. He opened the. He played SpongeBob from the original Chicago cast, the Broadway cast, to the television special. He's been along long the ride for a long, 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 long time. So, and he's an amazing talent, by the way. Um, but the thing is, he said the show is the role. He's not just happy because the roles are not so iconic. He's happy because he's telling a story about a message of positivity, and and about you know being positive. And really, you know, remaining optimistic in such an event of the end of the world. He still remains with a can-do attitude. And that can-do attitude ends up leaving, leading to him believing in his friends, which helps saving the town. So again, it's this idea of positivity can make the world a better place, can protect the world, can save the world. And, you know, I think that that's really beautiful. And I think that's a... And, and so if you look past... And yes, is that story told in a package that is a Nickelodeon TV show with crude humor? Yes. But what you'll find is, in addition, is that beyond all of that, if you're willing to look deep enough, um, you will find a message, a beautiful message like a positivity that can make the world a better place and can bring us to bring people together and make us appreciate what we have. And I think especially right now at the end of such a trial a tribulus that's not a word of all the tribulations of 2020 i think to be positive and to, to look at the bright side is such a brave and iconic thing to do um and so i think that it's it, it was really prevalent today <clears throat> and for me having been in a really you know internally negative space you know i was being chipper and positive on the outside i i, I guess 
I don't recall. I mean, that's just me, been me. But internally, I was dealing with a war of negativity. There was, it, I felt like there was a lot of more to be sad about and reluctant about and regretting about than there was to be joyous about. So, and so to hear that and to discover, again, I open, I came in being cynical. And honestly, when I discovered this musical, not only did I discover some amazing talent that I, some that I knew, others that I didn't, and, and, um, you know, people that I didn't, um, amazing music, and honestly, the, a fan base, the thing is, like I said, I was going through the comments, the fan base of this is so loving and so pure and so warm, that positivity really does reflect into the fandom of Spongebob, and I, of the Spongebob musical, and believe it or not, it, it really, really is a fantastic story, and it really, really is good, I, I wouldn't be saying this if I didn't believe it, um, it's a really diverse cast, it's a really great story, I know, um, on first a, 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 um, glance, it may seem, you know, like a negative, like a pointless thing or a child thing. But honestly, I think adults need a lesson like that. And yes, it's not in the best package, but I think as a show, it did that for me. I think you will come away appreciating it. If you can get over the, uh, I don't want to say colors. if you can take off of your, your um, adult, air quote, adult or air quote, mature lenses, and allow yourself to take in the message that this show gives you, whether it be through the soundtrack. I believe the television special is now on DVD, but if you look on it, you can probably find it on TV. They probably re replay it, rerun it. Um, I think you will find that there is something truly beautiful to be said about this story, about the um, about really this positive message that encapsulates the show and, and is really, 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 really beautiful. And again, the music is, the score is great. You don't even need to listen to watch the show if you don't want to. Just listen to the, the score, please. You will be doing your, your ears a favor. Excuse me, I was just taking a sip of water because um, I felt like if I didn't, I wouldn't be able to continue talking like this. Um... And again, it's just so, it's really good. I really do believe that people of all ages can enjoy it. And there is something worthwhile. There is some, there is a message worthwhile within this piece. And I know on the outside, we might think it's just SpongeBob, but there's so much more to it than that. And hey, I feel like I've been bashing. I've been really appealing to this anti-SpongeBob fan base. If you like SpongeBob, Come listen to this musical. It really honors the the source material. And again, like I said, the message is great. So you'll already enjoy it. But I, I, I was mainly appealing to this base, um, my SpongeBob fans out there, because, um, you know, I wanted to make sure that they all understand what's waiting for them if they so choose to listen to the soundtrack. And I really do recommend that you do. It's a great story. It's a great musical. It's a great soundtrack. It's really good. It's got some good heartwarming stuff in there. It's not, it's not an, emo again, it's not an emotional tsunami, if that makes sense. So you won't, I'm sorry if you can hear rain or like cars out there, but it's just going crazy out there. But, um, it's not an emotional tsunami in that like you'll end up sobbing by the end of the show or by any stretch of the imagination. It's just a good, funny, heartwarming piece 
that it's really it's campy, but in a good way. You know, it doesn't it, de it doesn't take itself too seriously. <clears throat> I'm gonna take another sip of my water. Mm. But like I said, it doesn't take itself too seriously. It's campy. It acknowledges what it's doing. They have to just commit. It's emotion it's emotional when it, it's it's heartwarming when it needs to be. It's funny when it, it should be. And I again, I really do believe you guys will um, enjoy it, and you will if you give it a chance. So I, as a reviewer, I would say definitely check it out. It can't hurt. I mean, if you listen to the all right, I, I always say give listen to four or five songs to, to tell you if you're into it or not. <clears throat> I say I always say that, but I've never said that once, and this is my first time ever saying that on this podcast. Um, but give it a, a good college try. I say give it. Excuse me, my lord. Ugh, I might have to do a burp warning on this episode. Jesus. Um, um, but give it this the good old college try. Try give it four to five songs. If you're not sold on the musical by then, tune off. But at least give it a chance. I would recommend giving it a chance. Um, you know, again, I really think it's something special. So that's my review of it. Um, that's what it means to me. Um, do I listen to it every day? No, but when I do, it brings a smile on my face. I will put that in as, as in that way. If, if I may, if I may do that, you know, if I may do that, if I may put it in that way for you all, I will. Um, but yeah, I think that's kind of where we can, you know, we should go to from here. Um, now we can go to the always special, always enjoyable, and what is I'm just realizing might will be our last Dreamcast of 2020, which is totally scary, and I don't like that at all. Um, we're gonna do our last Dreamcast of the year of the SpongeBob SquarePants musical, and if you're just, if you are just joining us then you know that what we do here is always a lot of fun we go in we imagine that if i could go to the theater and see this funny campy good message show which is apparently our town meets the apocalypse which is how the directors described it um what would i who would i cast who would i want to see in the roles i do the main cast and i also give a shout out to the og cast so let us, without further ado, get into it. So, before we, so the first character, the title character is Funpub Squarepants. You're probably asking, who do I want to see? Well, my gentle viewers, I have to tell you, um, I have to give a shout out to my boy Ethan Slater right here. Such an amazing ball of joy and energy. He is such an amazing talent. I really, really hope he gets more roles. Um, I personally think it would be amazing as Frankie Valley and the Jersey Boys, which you'll hear me say again somewhere down the line, but I definitely think he would nail it here. Um, um, so again, give him a shout out and definitely check him out, check him out in this and SpongeBob. I don't know what else he's been in, but this is my main point of reference for Mr. Ethan Slater in this. If I was to see someone play SpongeBob, I would like to see, and I know this is going to be interesting, Jordan Fisher. I was thinking about it this morning, you know. I was thinking, I was thinking, I was like, okay, okay, who do I want to see play Spongebob? And immediately my mind went to Jordan Fisher. I don't know why. He's such a sweet character actor. He's so sweet. He was in Hamilton as Anthony, uh, as um 
John Lawrence. He was in the Rent, Rent Live as Mark, which I will always defend as I, me actually liking it. Um, he was in Livin' Maddie for a couple of seasons as Holden. He was in the, um, more recent, he was in, he was, he was the first, um, black Dear Evan Hansen, uh, Evan Hansen in Dear Evan Hansen, um, which was great. We, he's so sweet. He has such a, a great energy of warmth and, and is such a sweet personality that I think he would nail this really well. And I want to see him in a comedic role. So there you have it. Also, I forgot. He's in both Team Beach movies on Disney Channel. Go check those out on Disney+. Plus. But, again, wonderful talent. I think it would be a great Spongebob. Moving along. Um, Patrick Starr, played by the amazing Danny Skinner. Um, <clears throat> again, also check him out. I don't know what else he's been in, but, again, he's my, this is the main show I know him from. I would love to see George Salazar play Patrick Starr. And if you don't know who George Salazar is, it's, 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 oh, words. Kind of in the mouth normally. George Salazar is your a unfortunate soul. I honestly would recommend you check out um, Be More Chill, um, Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief, the musical soundtrack. I would also recommend you go online and find the Pasadena Playhouse version of Little Shop of Horrors. You can see this amazing, adorable human gem on these things. And if I were you, I would do that. And I think... Patrick Starr would fit him very well, his voice very well. This is a song called, um, excuse me, the song is called Super Sea Star Savior, which is hilarious and great. I would love to see um, him, George Salazar, do Patrick Starr. It would be amazing. He would be so funny. I feel like he would nail that song really, really, really well. I feel like Jordan Fisher and George Salazar would work really well together too. I think like their chemistry would be really good. I haven't seen them in anything together. But now I, I kind of want to see them in this and in other projects. I don't know. Let me know what y'all think. I mean, I, I keep saying that, but I can't check get gauge all his opinions on this. Um, but, again, that's who I want to see. Um, shout out to the characters who have, who have played Sandy the Squirrel, um, Lily Cooper, and Christina Sahu. I think I'm mispronouncing that. In the television special, I think... For my money, I want to see... I think I want to see Lily Cooper again. In the soundtrack, she just did a really good job. And I've seen her um, um, <clears throat> in a <clears throat> bootleg or so. But, uh, <laughs> but she's very good, very talented. I think she would do a really good job. Um, and I, that's who I would go with. Um, and next... Oh, the amazing role of Squidward... Um, played by Gavin Lee all the way through. Gavin Lee is so iconic. I mainly know him as Bert from Mary Poppins, and he's just so good in this. I Know a Loser was my anthem in my third, second semester of ninth grade, um, and it's such a bop. It's the my they might be giants, which it's such a well written song. It's so good. Um, for me, I gotta say, and I I did this with Lily Cooper, and I let's go think of anybody else. <clears throat> Actually, I can. No, we're going to double cast this thing. Gavin Lee one night, and I want to see Christian Borle another night. Now, Christian Borle, let me just drop his resume. I've, pro I've named him several times, okay? Falsettos, Charlie Chocolate Factory, the musical. <coughs> Excuse me. The most recent version of Little Shop of Horrors off-Broadway. He is a veteran. He is fantastic. He is so good. His voice is fantastic. And I want to hear him sing I'm Not a Loser really, really, really badly. So that's my choice. And that's that. <laughs> um, but I just think he's such a great talent. He's so funny. 
he would nail Squidward so, so well. Seriously, check him out. I'll double cast those two. Um, and then, and then I'm going to have, um, for Sheldon, the, uh, Sheldon J. Plankton, I think his name is just Plankton, but, uh, I don't know Nickelodeon. Um, but I want to give a shout out to Nick Blamer, who originated him in the cast, and Wesley Taylor. Ugh, the amazing Wesley Taylor. Mainly I know him from Adam's Family. He's so good in that. And, again, this is, this is one of these no-brainers, but I need to see Ben Platt play Plankton. Imagine Ben Platt playing Plankton. And that that is like a tongue twister, but I've said it twice, so I'm so cool. Um, <laughs> uh, he, If you know him from anything, Dear Evan Hansen, uh, check out his concert on Netflix. He was in Pitch Perfect 1 and 2. He's so iconic. So talented, and I want to see him go crazy and pretend to be a, a villain clad in green and wearing a, a eye patch is amazing, and I want to hear him sing When the Going Gets Tough. Like another great song in the soundtrack. Again, I think the, the thing is I want to hear singers singing songs from the soundtrack, um, and I would love to see, I kind of would be happy to see this cast as a live concert, maybe as a musical but just like a performance but maybe just like a live concert of them singing the music from the show i would be happy with that um <clears throat> excuse me and so that's my choice for that um and then for karen plankton um again i want to give a shout out stephanie sue i'm probably mispronouncing that and katie lee hill um for my karen i would like to see ashley park who was his most was in Emily in Paris, and I know her most from um, Gretchen Wiener, um, Gretchen Wiener's from Mean Girls musical. It's another amazing, iconic, cheesy show. I would definitely check it out, um, and I would recommend that for for you guys as well. I think she would do a really good job. She's also really comedic, and just I want to see Ben Platt and Ashley Park sing something together and work together. So you know, this just fulfills my needs in that respect. Um, and then for you, Mr. Krabs, I want to shout out Carlos Lopez, who was in the original cast, Chicago cast, and Brian Ray Norris in the TV special and the Broadway cast. Um, <clears throat> for me, again, another easy one, I want Brian Darcy James, who played Shrek in, in, um, in Shrek the Musical and was the original before Jonathan Groff, the original King George and Hamilton, and was in falsetto, and I don't know what he was in in that, but... Very good, very talented, very boisterous, very big stage presence. Want to hear him sing Money and, uh, no, Daddy Always Knows, that's what it's called. <clears throat> but Money is very, uh, so, the word Money is in the song a lot, so ignore me. Um, and lastly, um, there is <clears throat> Pearl Krabs, uh, Mr. Krabs' daughter, played by Emily River, Raver Lapman and Jeline Christine Lee Josie, both um, very iconic actresses as Pearl, and in the song Daddy Always Knows Best. I would say for Pearl, and I'm thinking about this, and, <clears throat> excuse me guys, I'm just, you know, I get, as we're going, this is called Lincoln, so getting more allergic, um, uh, congested as we go. Um, I would say, if I could see anyone, hmm, this is interesting because I, you know what? No, I'm going with my gut. I want to see Renee Rapp play Pearl because her voice as Re as Regina in Mean Girls is beautiful. She is an amazing and iconic star. Check her out. I'm not even kidding. She's amazing. 
Um, and I just really think you, she's amazing, the best choice. I would love to hear her sing the, the kill, like the, the belting and the riffs that Pearl does in the soundtrack, hearing Renee do that would be iconic and great. And I want to hear Renee sing to me forever, um, and everything until I die, I die. So that's definitely my choice there. Um, but yeah, that's the cast. Um, I really think that that, that's my key choices. Um, there are obviously a bunch of more ensemble cast members. Um, um, but obviously I, I don't know if I'll be able to, I don't remember them that well. I haven't listened to the soundtrack in a bit, but I do want to do the main cast of characters who I know from the album off the top of my head. And, um, you know, I kind of want to just go with that. That's my cast. And yeah, that's the last Dreamcast, but we'll just wrap it up so everyone we know who's who. SpongeBob SquarePants, I want to see played by Jordan Fisher. Patrick Starr, played by George Salazar. Sandy, still played by Lily Cooper. Squidward, played by Christian Borle. Sheldon, played by Ben Platt. Karen, played by Ashley Park. Eugene Krabs, Mr. Krabs, played by Brian Darcy James. Pearl Krabs, played by Renee Rapp. That is my cast. Um, I think this would be really, really good. I would love to see it in a con vocal con, uh, just a concert of the music or a live performance, whatever. I'd be happy with either one um, if that show tours when things get back to normal. Um, but yeah, um, but that's going to be it for this one episode, guys. Thank you for sticking around. I know it's not a popular musical. I know it's an odd review and an odd, interesting musical to like, but I hope I was able to articulate um, my reasoning for it and why I like it and why it was important to me and why it is important to me um, really well to you guys. Um, I hope it made sense. And if you stuck around this long, thank you. You're iconic. I know it couldn't have been easy to hear about SpongeBob for like however long we've been here for now. Um, but again, I really do appreciate you. I love you all. <clears throat> and before we go, I want to talk about tomorrow's episode and what it's going to look like and honestly just what we're going to be doing so tomorrow as you know is new year's eve which means we'll be kissing this odd strange unideal year goodbye and i was thinking what better way to do it for the podcast we've been doing this since march so that's That's 10 months we've been doing this, and that just sunk in. Um, I figured what we would do is kind of a Q&A episode. I've always been promising you guys a Q&A episode. You know what? Tomorrow we're going to do it. It's going to serve as a... We're due for a special episode. Anyway, so here's what we're going to do, guys. I'm going to do a Q&A. It's going to be part Q&A. It's going to also going to serve as a, a gratitude message, and it's also going to serve as kind of a an update on where the podcast is going into 2021, what content's going to look like, what's staying the same, what might be changing, what's going to look like from here on out, just so you all know. Because I went online and saw that there were like, as, as the last I checked, 216 listens, um, which blows my mind that there are people out there listening to my podcast and... Um, listening to me rant about musicals for as long as I do. I love you all so much. You are valid and you make, I, I, I gl I'm glad you all appreciate it. Um, and I really want to kind of get your questions on about me, about the podcast. And I really want to get 
talk to you about that and where it's going to go in this next new year because honestly I've loved it and we'll kind of go more into that tomorrow but that's kind of what tomorrow's episode is going to be that will be the last episode of 2020 today was the last official musical review um which is cool and I really hope you all enjoy it I really do hope you all click on to this episode I'm really debating putting in like a mystery episode title in here i'm probably gonna do that so that you all actually watch it um because i'm genuinely scared that if i do put spongebob no one's gonna listen to it so i really do hope you all tune in maybe i'll put some clues in the description but um you know i'll just put it on there i really do hope you all give it a chance i really do hope you enjoy it um and i know i hope you all are being safe i hope you're all enjoying yourselves uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you'll enjoy the one tomorrow. And we'll be able to kiss this year goodbye. I hope you all have are having a wonderful day. Thank you so much for listening. You are all amazing. You are all iconic. I love you all so, so much. And I will see you all for the next episode tomorrow. Bye-bye, guys.